Mics? Hot. Hey. Red Voices? button. Red button on. On. Numbers <laughs> ticking up for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, check, check, check. All right, cool. Hey. Sweet. Hi. Good morning. How you doing today? Good. Great now. <laughs> I'm wearing shoes from um, like 20, yeah. 2016, 2015, 2016, that era of my life. Yeah. Uh, because last night my mom called me. No, she texted me. and she, No, wait, she, either way. She, my mom got in touch with me. She was like, my, I'm locked out of my house. And as you might know, it was thunderstorms and lightning and everything last night. Mm. And it was raining. And I was like, oh, sick. Well, when I was a kid, I used to climb through the bathroom window, so no big deal. And it really kind of was no big deal, except it was pouring rain. Mm. And like to get right up to the window, I had to go like directly under where the water was all coming off the roof. So even if I wasn't going to get soaking wet just because of the rain, I definitely got soaking wet from just standing on this dripping roof on top of this garbage can, which um, that's not... Don't nobody do that, okay? Don't break into You just house. won Son of the Year award. Oh yeah. <laughs> you you better hope first. that Ollie does that for you and Christine one day. Um, true. It was it was fortunate. I tried the one window at first, but I didn't want to break the screen, and then I like went over to the window that I used to break in, and then it was um, the screen was easy to pop out over there. Yeah. In the past, I had broken the screen. Was that the house you grew up in? Yeah. Yeah. So, so. you know all the tricks. Rights, rights. It's a little more secure now than it was back then. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> my shoes were not dry this morning. Oh, <laughs> That's man. why I'm wearing these. But it's okay. They're um, like dad loafers, which they are, totally suit you. That was my 2015, 2016 uh, vibe for sure. I was like kayaking a lot that summer, 2016, and I would, these were my boat shoes. And um, Fancy boat shoes. Yeah, thanks. L.L. Bean. Yeah. You know, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> I was going to say that kind of looked like the L.L. Bean slippers, yeah. but they're like shoe form. I have those too. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, yeah, what's new to you? Breaking and entering last night? Hey, you're drinking house coffee. Unfiltered conversations brewed at the intersection of real estate life and coffee shop service. We're Maggie and Rich, local business owners. And friends. Sharing stories and welcoming you to pull up a chair with us. The door's always open. Let us pour you a cup. Breaking it. No, no, not not last night. No, last night I was staging. Well, no, I was meeting with Joe and we were planning out. We just bought lots of furniture for this new project I'm working on. Oh, yeah, on. the big one? The, the big office, Kahuna. the Gabler office yeah. in um, Glenville. So we just ended up like biting the bullet and buying what we needed. And that was really fun. But I was, my brain was fried last night, like yeah. having to make all those little decisions. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. kind of exhausting for me. Shopping is always exhausting for me. Yeah. So. But it's like not just the shopping, it's like deciding where the things you are purchasing, first deciding what you need. Yeah. And then once you decide what you need for the specific rooms and the areas, then you have to go through the World Wide Web of choices. Not WWW. <laughs> to pick what you want for those spaces. And decision paralysis is a thing, I will say. And it's at one point, Joe and I were, Joe was basically just like Maggie. <laughs> just pick something, yeah. buy it, and let's move on. Classic Joe. Mm-hmm. So thank God for him. He's Oops. been such a, like, I don't know, He's he's like, He's like very, we're very yin and yang and he's, he's very good at like balancing out my, um, brain sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You were telling me some good stuff yesterday about how he's helping you organize and systematize. Yeah. We love that. I love that. Joe, you're awesome. Thank you. Well, um, super cool. So today... We're talking just a little bit follow up from last week. We Welcome to episode 14. 14. I love that you're keeping count because I, I have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's exciting to me because every week that we record is like, wow, we made it another episode. Yeah. And we've been pretty consistent. And yeah. I just want to pat ourselves on the back. 14 weeks of doing more or less the same thing. That's actually pretty, 
pretty solid. We had thought that we might like do some batch recording sessions and like record a few at a time, but I don't think we've done that yet. We've never recorded more than one yeah. at a time. No, we haven't. <laughs> In 14 weeks plus. So yep. uh, yeah, we're, we're crushing it. That is how dedicated we are to being unfiltered and real That's with right. our audience because we want to give them real-time experiences of our life or with, within a week of it. You heard it here first. We, re- we record and then we release the following week. Yeah. Yep. That's how our schedule. We sure do. Shout out to TJ. Yep. <laughs> Making that happen. Putting in the, uh, the late hours. So last week we talked about the 25-hour work week. Yes. And what? Which was a concept of what? Well, like trying to get your workflow and and sort of life in such a way, your work life in such a way that you can work less and do do more basically in less time. And we didn't even, we had so many notes and stuff to go into that with and then like didn't really get to explore too much about where that thought comes from, why it's good, how we're not even built to be doing more than like six hours a day of productive activity. Yeah. Uh, and and there was a lot more that we could have gotten into, but that's okay because we were mostly we're trying to examine these things from our personal standpoints. And yep. um, anecdotally, I think we, we explored those on a personal side a little bit more, which is, which is great. Uh, today I thought... Um, We're talking about the 85% rule? Yeah. Yeah. So going into last week, we had found, I had found this article that I sent you um, that I had read, and now I have read again, so it's fresh in my brain. And this is this was a cool... Okay, I like this article because it's, it's speaking to how burnout culture kind of where it comes from, how it's fed. And that was what we talked about two weeks ago, which is what led us to talking about, well, what's the what's the alternative? What's the difference? And so this is a little bit more of like, how do we aim at some solutions for curing burnout um, mm-hmm. or avoiding it or mitigating it? So shout yeah, so- out to Greg McEwen. I yeah. don't know how you say his name. Greg I don't McEwen. know either. Greg He's the McEwen. author of Essentialism, which is a book that I have not read, but I do have on the storied bookshelf for sale. So you can own your own copy. So true. Of what's the book called? Essentialism. Essentialism. You just have to go to storied coffee and pick it up off the shelf and that's it could right. be yours. Yeah. I've, Becca told me she read it, I think. Okay. And I might have another book by him and that's maybe how it came up when she saw that. But either way, uh, this article. The title of the article, it was published in the Harvard Business Review yeah. and it's titled To Build a Top Performing Team Ask for eighty-five percent effort. So counterintuitive. I know. What about what about giving a hundred percent? What about giving one hundred and ten percent, Maggie? One hundred and ten percent. That's what we're. That's the lie we've been told. No. To give everything, give one hundred and ten percent. But my takeaways from this article was that the. Maximum efforts equal maximum results, and that's an outdated way of thinking. And instead, the article suggests optimal effort equals a maximum results. Because we get to burnout culture when we operate at 100 or 110% all the time. Yeah. Which I feel to be true. Do you? Per, like for you personally? Yes. Like when you're striving for 100 or 110 percent, yes, you just you just max out. Yes, somewhere around 90 mm-hmm. percent yeah. or 70 for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, yeah. You gotta. I, I feel like I need to. I I can kind of start to feel when I'm approaching burnout and running on fumes. I guess would be the best way to describe it I can definitely feel that like like the signs and symptoms usually what happens is I get so busy I forget to eat or I forget to like take a break and then my like body basically goes into standby mode and I go into like 
I kind of get this like brain fog and this fatigue and I'm like, why am I slowing down? And then I think like, oh, I just need a cup of coffee and that doesn't- And a snack. And, and a snack. And, and when really I should be like pausing to like actually eat a meal and like take a break and step away from my computer. But instead I'm like eating lunch in front of my computer or eating lunch in front of my phone and because I'm trying to keep up. Yeah. Or I'm, or I'm staging with Joe and I'm like about to faint and I'm, he's like looking for me and I'm in the trailer <laughs> like snacking on a bag of cashews or like, you know, a meat stick or something yeah. like that. I'm like in there. He's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I just needed to like, I needed a break. So yeah. Too many working lunches. Too many working lunches. Exactly. <laughs> nice Shout throwback. Out. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you're so right. Um, How about you? I mean, as I sip on my protein shake, as you should, dude. Well, all right. So I liked this. Uh, what really? We, and we we did some talking about this yesterday, which you know is helpful, and we're, uh, we thought through some of these things already. I'm just going to look at my notes again real quick too. Um, we talked about how the 85% rule so, kind of starts with managers at work. Well, yeah, exactly. So that's, that's so even, okay, this is interesting. I said, here I go with again. Here I go again with that. You are your own boss. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of my own boss, but I have employees and... Uh, everyone works for someone, maybe, you know, depending on how you want to think about it. But like what this article, this, so this article is interesting to read, but it's not written for the person. It's not written for the average person experiencing burnout. It's actually written to like managers is mm -hmm. written to cultures mm -hmm. and organizations and leaders. And that's what is really, I think this is how we operate as humans. Things go top down. And I think that's generally good uh, when th those structures operate as intended and when they operate optimally. But when the leadership is busted, then the whole thing is going to, yeah. it's going to, it's going to show in the organization. You know what I mean? The head is sick. The body's gonna also. Is that what they call the trickle down effect? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that. Yeah, I think that's the same. That's the principle hmm. that we're talking about here. So the whole thing here is like you and you said it before. It's an outdated mindset. That's yes. really the key to this whole thing. Is like it's the way we think about these things. And I think I talked a little bit about this last week. If not. That's like where Mike in the whole uh, coffee consulting thing that I'm going through, he's literally module one, mindset shifts. You know, we're thinking through how this is actually all just 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 psychology. Money management is psychology. It's not economics. Mm -hmm. he, he's big on that. It's, it's all this stuff that is uh, coming from the way we think about things. And there's a lot of reasons for how our thoughts get shaped and why we think what we think. And so like what we believe, it comes from, I don't know, experiences or things we're told or just beliefs we have about bigger picture stuff, whatever. So all of that feeds into what we believe, but, and, and ultimately what we think, but that's where we got to start, I think. And so that is where this article was really drilling down for, for me was like leaders, man, really managers need to think differently about uh, about what drives people right. <laughs> and burnout. Uh, well, at least to burnout. Yeah, the other article, the, art, the same article has another point that's saying like goes into like the science behind it. So it's not just about changing culture. It's actually, he, he gives some scientific examples of why 85% is better than asking for 100%. And he explains that when people meet 
all day long and they have no breaks in between their meetings, there's a rise in the beta wave activity, which equals a buildup of stress over time. So basically, if you're jumping from one thing to the next to the next and you're giving 100% at all those things, that is going to basically make and build up stress in your brain, which is going to, you know, show in other parts, exhibit symptoms in other parts of your life, Yeah, basically. I was thinking about that when I read that last night because I had just gotten done literally planning out my entire day for, oh, yeah. for today. Yeah. <laughs> I already told you, like, I was like, all right, 7.30 to 8.30, record. Mm-hmm. 8.40 to 9 o'clock, drive. And <laughs> um, 9.15 to 9.45, shop. Mm-hmm. 9.50, Drive. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do that, and I'm though. Like back to back stuff. Now these aren't these aren't meetings, but they are like tasks. They're tasks and they're things that uh, they're back to back. Now driving maybe constitutes a break, so we'll see how I feel about that. But at the same time, it's it's something I'm locked into. I got to do, and and uh, and who knows how the actual times are going to shake out. But it's funny that I read that, and then I had I had just written all that up planning how I was going to pack so much into my day today. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. One of the things that I started to do to incorporate breaks in my day is I am working on refinishing a piece of furniture. And I used to do this all the time. Like I used to pick up like old janky pieces of furniture from the side of the road and like, like re, re, you know, sand them and repaint them and um, use them. But I haven't done that. That's actually how I started my blog back in the day was like furniture refurbishing. And I just, I realized that I used to get so much joy from the transformation of like an old piece of furniture and making it something into something new and beautiful. And Um, So I got this piece of furniture and I like over this past weekend, Brandon and I cleaned out our garage and our shed to organize it and make room for stuff. And we just had a pile up of garbage and junk that had just accumulated and, and cleared out a whole bay of the garage with a table so I could set up and start like working on this project. And um, I I, instead of looking at it, like I have to finish this whole thing in one day, the furniture is like broken up into like six different pieces or maybe five different pieces. And I'm just like, I'm just going to focus on one side of one piece when I get a chance. I'm not going to like put the pressure on myself, give it a hundred percent at once, so to speak. I'm just going to do it as I can. And so yesterday afternoon when I came home, I'm like, you know what? I I feel like I want to work on this furniture. I want to sand it a little bit. So I, you know, opened the garage. So, and I just started sanding and I started listening to this book and it wasn't even a book of like personal development, which is what I usually do. Cause I feel like, oh, if I'm reading a book, I put this pressure on myself. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if I'm reading a book, it has to be like, a personal development or self-help or learn something. But instead I'm like, I downloaded a book that was like um, fiction and I haven't, I can't tell you the last fiction book I listened to. Yeah. And, and, and it's kind of like going hand in hand where like I put the book in my, in my headphones, I put my headphones in, in my head and then I like just mindlessly start sanding and start working and like, that has been a really cool way to give myself a break throughout the day, even though I'm like, it is kind of like phys- like a physical activity because you're sanding, but it's like, a me- it actually is a mental break for me because I'm yeah. listening to this book, I'm sanding, I'm like working on a project. And I think we talked about this podcast early- on earlier episodes, how we need those projects that we do for ourselves, right. And we don't like, you know, post about or, or it's not for our business. Like this is, this is for me. This is for my own personal enjoyment. 
And it's, it's not going to get done in one day. I know it's going to take me hours and hours and hours to do it, but I'm really looking forward to the end process. So, yeah, that's cool. That's a fun way to break, to, to build in breaks. And I think Mm -hmm. the key, and you said, I was going to say it, but you, then you, you, you said it obviously, which is like, there's a difference between the pressure to finish something and and this whole notion of deadline. There's no deadline on that. Yeah. It's just for you. It's just it's for me. It's for your enjoyment. You get to do it at your own pace. You, it's it's fun. It's something to do, which is also like a nice way to have a break sometimes. It's like mm-hmm. I get to just do what I want yeah. <laughs> for five, 10, 30 yeah. minutes. And that's not, that. it's when you don't have that. It's mm-hmm. when you have no option because you the pressure is on to just do this one thing and be focused on this for, you know, a set block of time or several blocks of time. That's that mm-hmm. I think is where the burnout comes from. We've kind of said that before. Yeah, so right. so that's that's a great example. I uh, realize not everybody has the luxury and the time to do that in the middle of their day. Like yeah, I, I did yesterday. Like, well, you, you have this weird, but I have a weird schedule. Like yeah. my, my day is broken up. Like I have, I, I, I'm expected to be available during business hours and after business hours because I'm, well, I mean, perfect example. Last night I, I met with Joe, our meeting started at six o'clock PM and I didn't leave in the office until 9 PM. And that was all, that was, yeah, my choice, but that was when Joe was available to meet. And like, I was actively working for those three hours, like planning and ordering furniture and, and um, sometimes I'm showing houses starting at 5 p.m., you know, writing offers later in the day. So I try not to give myself a hard time or make myself feel guilty if in the middle of the day I take a few hours to myself. Like I go to the gym or I work on a project or I play with my dogs down by the river. Like those are the times in the day where I need to reset. And that's that's how I'm able to continue with, you know, yeah. my schedule. Yeah. Well, that might look different for somebody else. Exactly. Like for them, they might, might want to do that in the beginning of their day, or maybe they want to do that at the end of their day or whatever lunch break. I don't know, but yeah. that's what works for me in my schedule. What do you do? Work and life, Maggie. What do you do to relax? Yeah, great question. I don't know. Frankly, do you have any hobbies? I hate to say it that way. I hate to admit it, but like, you play it, guitar. It's not even that I couldn't necessarily. It's just that I right now I'm. I don't know. I, yeah, I can play guitar, but I don't <laughs> right now. Like mm-hmm. I haven't in a long time. I play music because I write music, and the thing about writing music is you need like space and time and uninterrupted thinking space. I do a lot, actually, like a lot of my lyrical ideas end up happening in the car. So I do drive a lot, which is nice. And sometimes I'll get like a a voice memo on a melody that goes with a lyric or something. But like then to take that and translate it to the guitar and then try to build it out from there, that is a huge process actually for me. That I'm largely out of practice with, so um, it's been a long time since I've really had that as as a hobby. Skateboarding, like there's everything's a chore, dude. Like skateboarding is a chore because you gotta get sweaty and you mm-hmm. gotta mm-hmm. like be physical. And at my advanced age, um, I'm not as flexible as I once was. And um, now I got a kid, so like I can't afford to get hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so like, but whatever. Are we going to catch you? Are we going to catch you down the street skateboarding with like knee pads and helmets? And you know what? Pads? I've actually thought about it. I've I thought to myself, um, maybe mini ramp skating I could get into because it's probably a little like chiller, softer. Um, just as just like you know, a mini I think ramp Tony Hawk is like foot. way more advanced age than you are, and he still skates. He practices <laughs> every day. Just There's saying. a difference between doing something every day and doing it professionally as he does. And he does mm-hmm. wear the knee pads mm-hmm. and the helmet, right? Like, and he's, he, yeah. not to, eh, yeah, what, what, yeah. what can I say? Yeah. 
I didn't mean to put you on the spot. That's I comparing just, apples to oranges. Okay. <laughs> I just, I was just asking because I just up. If you asked me like a week ago, like what my hobbies were, I'd be like, I can't even think about a hobby because I'm working <laughs> so hard, and don't even ask me that because it's gonna stress me out. Yeah. But now that I'm on, like, I'm in a little bit of a reprieve. Not really, but like not as crazy. I'm trying to fit more things in like literally like 45 minutes, you know, in my day of just something that can take my brain off of like turn notifications off, listen to this book and not think about anything else. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just funny that I, I can't even think of anything I, I would do. <laughs> but You're kind of I'm doing... trying to scale. I mean, I'm, well, not that I'm trying to scale things back, but I, I am. I am trying to think about how things need to fit together. Yeah, things need to fit together in a strategic way, a systematic way, mm-hmm. uh, an optimal way, if you will. <laughs> things need to all go in that direction for me in order to like reclaim the bits of time at the end of a day or even beginning of a day. Uh, or or middle of the day, but like my work time frame is such that I typically will work a long block from like because it's cafe hours basically, so open and close kind of thing. And then, um, but like Mondays, Tuesdays, I have off from shops, but I still have to meet. All my meetings have to happen then. I have to. Um, record, which is great. I have to shop now for two stores. I have to order things and just make sure like everything's cool. So like all my office hours, a lot of my office hours, some of those can happen during cafe hours because, you know, depending on how the scheduling is working out with other staff. That said, there's always something. (laughs) It's just always something. So right now I'm trying to figure out how does everything click together I know that it um, know that it can. It has to, um, and a lot of things that I currently do can be systematized so that they take up less time because yeah. they've been thought through and planned on the front end. And that's really what it comes down to. When it comes down to systematizing, optimizing, is like, all right, let's do some work up front. I'm kind of in that stage right now because there's so much new stuff that I'm I'm pulling together and learning learning like what they require of me. Like last week, I just. Totally blew it. I tried to do too many things without the plan. And throughout the day, game time decisions about where I was going to go and not going to go. Like, shopped for this one store, but I had all the stuff with me. I had to bring it to Story, put it in the fridge at Story oh, before yeah. I could get back to the other place because I live in the middle of these two stores. And so I'm like, all right, well, I can't go to the one and then go. What are past some my examples? Like, is it one. like a goods store versus like a food store? Uh, like what are what were the for two? shopping? Yeah, when I when I say two stores, I mean oh my shop and oh, the other shop. Okay, gotcha. That I work in. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I'm just. I've been calling them stores because the one is a, is a. a I mean, store. it's a cafe. Yeah. yeah. I work in the cafe, but it's gotcha. it's a store, so gotcha. I don't say shop as much as I do for stores. Gotcha. Yeah, that'll get. <laughs> I was just straight. confused because you were saying you were shopping and then you were yeah, talking about okay, stores, point. and I was trying to like. Follow. Keep which, it all together. Keep it yes. all together. Okay. I live pretty much in the middle, uh, almost in the middle. Of, of your two jobs. Of my two workplaces. Yes. And so, and both of my workplaces are 20 minutes from Albany, from the restaurant store, right? So if I go to the restaurant uh, store, now I got to decide, all right, am I shooting back to Storied or am I shooting back to the other one? And then am I going to make it from there, like, basically backtrack past my house back to the other one and then back to my house just doesn't make sense if I don't have a plan for the time for that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a lot of driving. That is a lot of driving. <laughs> uh, on top of everything else. So right. fine, that's fine. Um, like I'm with you Just now. to give you a sense, this is yeah. why I don't have hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> I listen to a lot of Andy Minio and I just drive from one place to the next. And... Uh, it's mm-hmm. and I'm I'm clicking it all together. So yeah. that's the deal. Yeah. Yesterday, Christina's off this week, and she has like three Mondays in a row off, even without the week. So I was like, all right, I can probably work till noon. I'll just put everything in the, in the morning. 
I'll work till noon and then like I'll hang out with Christine yesterday. And that mostly worked except we ended up, yeah, I ended up getting home closer to one than, than noon. But but then I didn't even bring work with me. I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to bring my bag. I'm just going to bring this book because mm-hmm. <laughs> we went to a coffee shop. And, uh, you know, that was a freeing feeling. Yeah, <laughs> Saying, it is I'm a freeing feeling. Leave. I can do the order later. Yep. Because uh, I, I was... I just had stuff to do when I got home, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, dude. That's- Work-life balance is is always is always a challenge. I I can relate to that. Yeah. Like, I I I can totally relate to that because people are. I mean, I I I got a te- like text from clients at like nine o'clock at night, and yeah, I was awake because I was at the um, office with Joe. But I'm like, I'm still not going to, like, I was like, I can't, I can't go down this rabbit hole right now because it will keep me up at night. I have to Wow, turn I'm it so off. proud of you. Way mm-hmm. to set a boundary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this is a tomorrow problem. And yeah. I, and I realized I was talking to, um, another, um, real estate agent. Her name is Brenda. Hey, Brenda. Um, and we were, we were talking uh, a couple of days ago about how, as real estate agents, um, sometimes people will text after hours, like at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock at night, and they're just trying to get something off their brain and right. get it sent. But we were like, there's reminders for that. You know, like you can you can re- set yourself a reminder to send somebody a message the next day. But at the same time, it's like, I'm guilty of that too. Because yeah. like I... I mean, as much as I, w- I would, w- I wish clients would think about that for me, I was still like texting, like I, I'm guilty of that with other people in my life. I'm trying to remember who was it that I texted super late last night. Must've been me. No, I'm just kidding. no it wasn't <laughs> you or TJ. It was, it was somebody else. Yeah. I can't remember. And my phone is on the video, so I can't even yeah. like reference it, no, that's good. but I mean, like, that's a good example. Yeah. Literally, TJ texted last night after midnight. He was working on the audio. Yeah. I happened to be awake, so I texted yeah. back, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, well, which doesn't... And that's our if, which work culture with, you know, me. him and, and us. Yeah. It, well, it was in the group chat, but, like, I knew you'd be asleep. Yeah. Right? So that's fine. It's, it was, it's not fine. It's not, I shouldn't say that. But that's, that's an example of, like... Mm-hmm. And I've talked to him about it too. I'm like, dude, I don't want you working that late, but that's his habits that, right yeah. now. You know, I can't change that, but I don't have to feed into it necessarily. But then it's mm-hmm. my habits too, because here I am just right. <laughs> texting it back. So, yeah, I think somewhere deep down, he probably knew you were going to be awake. Well, or I mean, be able or he'd to respond or he'd figure it out. Um, I was going to like, I texted somebody last night. It was only six. I mean, only it was six thirty last night. This is our food rep with one of the uh, ordering companies. But like, just to give you a sense of, I said, "Hey, just a heads up that I sent an order over. Whenever you get a chance to look at it, tomorrow is fine too." So, I mean, that's one way of balancing out. Is like be mindful of of how. That's me as a manager yeah. thinking. All right, this I, and I know this person right is just always. This isn't even someone who works for me. Technically, this is this is someone who works for another company that we we work with. But I know that her work style is to it's one hundred and ten percent. You know, um, and one hundred and ten percent, huh? Yeah, not eighty five. It doesn't end up being so. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not optimal. I'll tell you that much. And sure. this is a way for me to be like. Okay, to resp- I'm responding to kind of what you said before. Sometimes you got to get something out of your head or you just want to do it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to text this person at 6.30. I don't need them to look at this now, so I'm going to give them permission. So this is me kind of one way I'm going to manage the situation, right, from my standpoint. I'm going to give this person permission to, like, I don't need this now. I'm putting it out there just to, like, get it in your mind. Maybe you'll wake up and think about it and, like, work it in your flow tomorrow. I don't need this now, but, like, but also to get it out of my head. And that's a, that's kind of how I... I try to be um, mindful of how someone else is going to feel pressure as a result of the things that I do. That is my job. Yeah, that brings up a good point that I wrote down from this article, from the Harvard Business Review article, how I'm 
as a manager, you could ask yourself, how am I making your work more stressful than it needs to be? And conversely, you could be like, how can I make your work less stressful than it needs to be? Yeah. They're all, you text me at 6.30 at night. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good question to ask people. Um, The also, also the other note. It's a hard question to ask It's a hard question. (laughs) It's a hard question to ask people. Yeah. But I think it needs to be asked as, as managers, as people who, I mean, I could ask that question of Joe, Joe, how am I making your work more stressful than it needs to be? I mean, I would love it. Maybe if he would be willing, maybe I'm not, but maybe I, there are some things that probably drive him nuts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Feel free to give me feedback, Joe. Um, The other thing is for the 85% rule, um, create a quote unquote done for the day time. Yeah. Well, how I know exactly. That's how for you, right? Like I read that. I thought about you done for the day time. What does that even? Well, okay. For one, the article. So this is how are you going to manage yourself in this way? Cause you're self-employed, right? This is, this is such an interesting question for, for you to think through when I think about it. Um, it's, it's a little bit interesting for me to do too. Cause I, I, and we've I don't know we said this before. There's always something to do. This is yeah. the, this is the trouble. There's just always something we can do. So I think that's what I'm trying to work toward personally. I, not, I don't know the answer for you. I really I don't know either. Because uh, for me, it's like okay, I have to figure out how how I can set a time limit on like when I'm ordering, when I'm inventorying, when I'm shopping, when I'm going to these places outside of the cafe hours. And it's, it's I I literally have how does this apply to Welcome Home Co? Oh yeah. Like I I wrote that to question down as as I was like thinking about today because like I don't know how would I create a like I don't know what is it nine o'clock at night that seems a little late to be creating a done for the day time and like I said in the last episode last week like. If I were to do the 25 hour work week, then it would mean like, I I wouldn't be able to work six consecutive or five consecutive hours in the day. I'd have to work an hour here, an hour there, an hour here. And that just feels really like um, inconsistent to me and doesn't feel productive to me at all. Right. Because then you're like breaking up your day. Because so many, okay, the other thing is, the last um, brokerage that I was at before Gabler Realty, they would have these trainings and they'd be like really pushing the importance of time blocking. Like you got to time block your day. And I always thought, how the heck am I going to time block my day when, you know, people are trying to reach out to me for answers or questions. And yes, I suppose like I could turn my, like I did it yesterday when I was, sanding the furniture. I kind of like put my phone on over there and had my headphones in, but I don't know, I guess these are not questions that I'm expecting answers to. These are just questions that I'm tossing out there to our audience, the universe, like, okay, what we don't have the answers, right? We're just simply asking the questions and kind of pointing the fingers back at ourselves. I'm fumbling more with these ourselves. thoughts than I thought I would after I talking yesterday. <laughs> I'm like, man, I actually really don't know. Man, I know yesterday we we should have been recording our conversation yesterday because yeah. it was really good, but whatever. Um, we had, you, I mean, you did have some good thoughts. Do you remember some of the thoughts that you had about... I do remember. You were saying you were for story. Do you want to do more? I took some notes. Do more with less. Yeah. Um, you, this doesn't you answer your about questions. A man, it no, doesn't, it doesn't. I, like I'm, I'm thinking through. I don't know how to apply this to someone that works from them for themselves or works in in the oh. real estate industry. That's oh, where I was saying. Question. I don't know your situation. I do know. Okay, so I do know that, and this is how the article starts out: optimum effort is better than maximum effort. Got it. Right? 
maximum effort is the notion that you you got to go all in all the time, 110%, even 100%. It's like, that's that broken mindset of give it your all for as long as you can and you'll crush it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think and the same can be said work. in like sports too. Cause like, aren't they finding that um, players and athletes who are giving a hundred and 110% are more prone to injury, like physical injury yeah, probably. than the athletes who operated 85%. I think the same can be well, I, go, can be said physically too. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if you're referencing something outside of the article, but I know, but the article literally had um, was interviewing. Uh, well, just drew some quotes from a um, like a track athlete, maybe an Olympic yep. medalist um, mm-hmm. several times over, and that person was saying sometimes the most like productive thing you can do is rest. Yes, and how it's really not about pushing yourself too hard; it's about having enough rest and enough of like the mindset that you need and having a full, like a holistic technique around your performance. So the training, yes, but like the technique, yes, the the rest, yes. All of like this, it's a whole system that kind of works together. And it's more about optimal work than it is like maximum work. So, so I'm really trying to focus personally on this whole optimizing thing, this optimal productivity, optimal workflow, Mm -hmm. because I really have come to believe in the last six months through, um, through a couple of things, like just the reality of my business and my life. Okay. That was one thing that's, it's been pretty rough for the last five years. Um, then I had a kid in January, so we've all heard about that. That's cool. Um, that is a major factor that requires me to not be so focused on work. Um, also, I have a wife, and that is a major factor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we both have to care for this kid, and um, it can't be one. It can't be all Christine. It can't be all me. Like it has to be a very shared burden. But I have to be available for that to be true. Um, so those things all kind of happened. Uh, it's they just happened six months ago. They happened at the beginning of this year, and it was it was a good timing because of just the way everything kind of led up to that point in time. And then I was reading a book, so I had some paternity leave. I think I've talked through all this too, so I'm not going like, to. You had paternity leave. You said. I had paternity leave post Ollie being born, and so I had I was I was crunching some numbers. I had time to like do some number stuff that I'd never had time to do before. And then I was reading this book called The E Myth. I've talked to you about this. I think I've maybe said it here. But that book really is the first place that got me thinking like you have to systematize your business. You have to make your, even if you're a small business owner, and this is the whole premise of the book, you might be, you know, Sally's Pie Shop. I forget the name of the the girl in the book that um, is the like case study. But basically, you're just a small town pie shop, right? But you need to run your business like it's a franchise, this is the whole this is the whole thing of the e myth. You need to have a business that is a prototype of of any number of businesses that are exactly like it. So that you as the owner, the work you do is actually to design the business. The work you're going to do is to systematize the business so that anyone can step into your shoes. Yes. Not your shoes as an owner per se necessarily. There's things that an owner needs to do that only an owner can do. Visionary stuff. Um, things that really move, creative things, entrepreneurial things, like the business owner. But what happens is that the business owner gets stuck working in their business for whatever reasons, poor management, poor design, no systems. The owner has to make up for the things that don't, the, the owner is the infrastructure. Here's your quote. <laughs> the, the owner is the infrastructure until the owner builds the infrastructure that's going to hold the business up while they step away from it. Hmm. that's just my mental like image of the concept in the e-myth. And so I was reading that and then I was thinking to myself, all right, how can we start to optimize story? What can we do to make it make processes one defined two simpler? What menu items can we cut? What hours can we change? What staffing do we need? You know, and, and, 
there's kind of it becomes this balance of all right, you need good people, but at the end of the day, it doesn't almost matter who that person is. What you need is the system that doesn't require a lot of skill. <laughs> you know, baristas like to get a, 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 a and and business owners we like to get like this identity thing, this pride about like how skilled we are. And yes, you have to be willing to learn the techniques, but like the less complicated something is, the easier it's going to be for anyone to do it so that an owner doesn't have to be the only one who can do it. Right. And so that is, that's been my project for the last six months is thinking through that on just the level of story. And now as I add other things, it's like, okay, how can I apply these same principles over there and put it all together? And how can we get optimal effort in these places. And I'm trying to do this for myself, sure, but I'm also like, you know, I've talked about how Abby really is the manager at Storied now, and I want this for her because good systems are what take good care of people. Right. Okay. And if an owner does the work to design that infrastructure that creates space for people to, um, have a good working environment that's not toxic and doesn't require them to do more than they're humanly capable of, then then that'll be a good place to work. And so Abby and I have been talking through that because um, right now the cash, the, the income situation is a little bit maxed out. Like we, we find we hit this sort of, we know what our like top level is of income. And so the logical next step is like, all right, we have to increase the revenue. So, so the only way to do that at this point is to invest money, I think. And I'm literally, actually one of my meetings today is a is meeting with a marketing professional to, um, to start doing some, mm-hmm. some true social media presence and, and, uh, and, and stuff like that, because that's the only way to, it, to increase. Cause we have gone, we've combed through the business and we've said, all right, we can't cut anything else. We have no more staff to cut. Yeah. <laughs> we have no more hours to cut. Sure. We, there's, there's, we've, we've kind of done everything we can on the back end, And now we're just at this revenue ceiling that yeah. we need to, we need to break through because that's going to be the next step that helps alleviate, alleviate Abby's burden. Cause then we can maybe bring in some, yeah. some more staff, um, that we can't currently do. Sure. So, okay. Uh, that's a lot. Um, too bad that we was, got there at the end of, I know, at the at end, the end of, of recording. Our, <laughs> but I mean, that's what always happens. That's like, so that's true. the story of this podcast. But we, so I, I said like doing more with less, it's a management conversation, AKA a leadership slash expectation conversation. And that's, that's, that's basically the answer to, I don't What did I ask? How am I making your work more stressful than it needs to be or create a done for the day time? I don't think we answered that question, but I think what you were trying to say is that creating systems in your business will help with making the day-to-day things less stressful. So you're not constantly like having to run and operate at 110% because when you have systems in place, it almost allows them to run themselves once you get it going. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Every person can systematize their workflow. Whether you own a business or manage a family. This is that's the next play. The Christine and I have kind of been talking about this. Like chores don't get done because I'm not home that much. She works. Um, or like when I'm home, I'm not thinking about how the how the chores got to get done. So, so that's just another area that I'm like, all right, we're gonna get a chore chart, and we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna account for all the chores that need to get done. Mm-hmm. We're gonna say whether they need to happen. That's monthly, the worst. Weekly, daily, right? <laughs> Brandon and I play chicken when it comes to the dishwasher. <laughs> like we both hate. Like, I don't even have it. a dishwasher, oh dude. God. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> but I'm just saying we have a small dishwasher. It's not even a full size. It's 18 oh inch. It's an 18 gosh. inch dishwasher. And like I figured out that this is such a random side note, but it's like whatever. If the dishwasher is clean, we hate, un- like we both hate unloading it. 
and then the, we just play chicken. So like, we'll just go throughout the week, like instead of unloading the dishwasher at once, which literally takes five minutes, we'll just take like clean um, dishware out of the dishwasher as we go. So if I need a plate, I'll just like pull it from the dishwasher instead of like just unloading it. Anyways, that was a really big sidetrack, but. What a microcosm of, <laughs> of a system that you could optimize. And there are workers involved and there's like workflow. Oh my gosh. What, but have, you want to know what's. I spent an hour talking about how to optimize the dishwasher The irony of that is that because neither of us will just take five minutes to empty the dishwasher because it's clean, like we'll have like stacks of other dishes like on the side of the sink. So it's like, it actually is creating a like crazier like sink area. I don't know why I'm going into this story, but it just is like, I'm just trying to let you know that I can relate to <laughs> stuff not getting done at home too, because you're just like, you don't want to think about it. Yeah. You just want to ignore it. Well, yes, <laughs> that's funny. Except except you're you're aware of the problem <laughs> and the problem in my situation is that I'm not even aware of the problem. Okay, okay, true. And so that's where I was going was like, you have to first become aware of sure, what is at, sure. at hand and that's the process I'm engaged in across the board. Right now I'm like, all right, what is going on everywhere? What What is the problem here? What's currently happening? Just taking stock of the processes. And so I bought like a chore chart going through it daily, mm -hmm. monthly, weekly, whatever. And Do you get and, a gold star? I mean, that could be a good part of the system. <laughs> Rewards. Uh, at this point, I will just get. Um, nah, my <laughs> wife will be more pleased with me, which is always a always a benefit. Um, I also have one final thought is, which you said yesterday, which I thought was really interesting. Eighty five percent is greater than a hundred percent. Yeah, eighty five percent is greater than a hundred percent. I think that's the title of this which, podcast. Which which episode. doesn't uh, it doesn't math, but it does. It does math. It does math. This whole thing, everything. If you want to sum up this whole like conversation and episode and this article and stuff, the whole thing is like it's about the way we manage our stuff. Okay, this is all about management, and really, it's all about leadership. It's about how you are going to. It's about what you're going to expect of the people responsible for things, okay? In some cases, that's you, yourself. I'm like I'm managing how I'm responsible for things, what things I'm responsible for. And then I'm the leadership part is like it's not just I don't there's I don't know, there's a subtle difference. Maybe there's lines to be drawn between leadership and and management. Um, leaders manage, but not all managers lead. Like you can, you can kind of talk about that kind of stuff because there's there's something more there's something more about leadership. Um, but for me, what it comes down to is is caring about the the people that you are accountable for. And so, even if that's yourself, like you largely that's the hardest you're person to care for people. I guess in your situation, I, you know, in my opinion, like I find it harder to care for myself than it is for other than other people. I think that's why. Yeah, we're easy I get to, burnt out. We usually get the short shrift from ourselves, and that's human nature. Probably, I don't think that's the design. I don't think it's supposed to be that way necessarily. It's all, dude. It's all a system. It all works together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, I don't even know if we got anywhere with this. Like, there's, we get, we talked about some. I feel cool like we are just scratching the surface. I know, dude. I know. I took so many notes. I know. We had such a good conversation yesterday. There's just so many ways to 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 like apply this stuff, and it touches on so many things. This is why burnout's real. I think. Yeah. We're not trying to have a whole series on I burnout, know, but, but like. And who would have thought that just like a few weeks ago, we thought we were just touch on it in one episode and it, it is, now it's turned into like three or four episodes about this. But th this is, I mean, the fact that we're spending so much time talking about it tells me that it's a thing and we're not the only one experiencing it. 
Yeah. Haven't you been getting feedback from people? At least in person. I know I have. Um, I had a conversation recently, but it, it wasn't particularly about, I don't think it was particularly about burnout. We just, we had some talks about other things that, that I've said, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, what did you hear? Just that the conversations have been really resonating with people because they are like, don't, one person was like, I didn't understand the level of intensity that, you know, real estate is. Like if you're not in it in a day-to-day basis, you don't really understand it. And then the other person really resonated with what we said last week about needing a culture shift and how it's not necessarily about putting more houses on the market. We really just need to change the culture of real estate agents and the expectations of what are what we do. Like we as agents, real estate agents need to change the expectations of our clients and the general public. And it's like, it's not going to change overnight. And there's always going to be people who, I think I said this last time, like I can set boundaries and I can set a done for the daytime, but there's somebody else out there. Unless there's a major culture shift, there's always going to be someone out there who's like, well, I'm not done for the day. I'll take, I'll take you on. And then it just kind of perpetuates this, well, so-and-so was, was willing to text me back at like nine or 10 o'clock or whatever I'm just as this example. That's a good example. And I thought the same thing just before you said that of like, this is why we can't get ahead is because there's always going to be someone else who is just, who is doing that. Cause they're like, eh, that person's going to take a rest. I'm not. But look, honestly, Maggie, <laughs> I I think these are lies, dude. I'm calling us out. I think I think that's the lie we buy into. Really? I just think that's a rationalization hmm. for why this behavior has to happen. And I think this is not easy to say or do. This is, and it might not even be possible. And this might just be like me waxing poetic, <laughs> right? <laughs> But at the end of the day, there's gonna in order to have a change in your life, there's gonna have to be a time where you simply say, "I do not take calls past that time anymore." And the person who will, that's the person for them. Or so true. Or you offer something else that that person still doesn't offer beyond a simple availability. If your greatest asset is simply your unlimited availability, then I don't know. Maybe you're missing something. (laughs) And I'm not saying you are, okay? Wow, coming in hot at the 11th hour. I I really was hearing you say that and I say the same things and I was just like, but that's the problem is that we say this and that we allow it. And I just think the... the change just has to start. It sounds so cliche. The change really just has to start with some choices we're making about our boundaries and about our systems. And okay, the uniqueness of your particular industry and in your particular region, etc. Like withheld, there's there's still and like um, what's the, what's the other word? Just like. Exceptions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. apply. Yep. But like they don't make the rule kind yep. of thing. We have to maybe just get to a place where we're unwilling to to say, yeah, I can call me anytime. And I'm gonna I'm gonna send this text, right? If you have to do an offer or whatever, like in your particular I'm now like I'm thinking through your questions, right? If you if you have to do a particular thing at a certain time, it's like sometimes you expect that that's true, and seasonally maybe that happens more than others. But like, 
and you can develop a system to where, okay, when that happens, like you have a procedure, you have a protocol, right. like I've got the forms ready, I've got the emails, you know, you, so you can kind of still systematize it to, to where, when that has to mm-hmm. happen, it's, you've, you've planned what, for it. That's what templates are you've for. You've planned for it, templates, et cetera, that kind yeah. of thing. It's like, what can you do so that no matter the, the, the situation that arises, there's a thought process already thought through and a plan to execute so that it doesn't take as much time as it could. Um, and then it's, it's, it's as, as little disruptive as possible for things that have to happen outside of the normal boundaries. But yeah. I just think really what I'm trying to say is comparing our situation with someone else and saying, hey, look, that person is, or this culture, this whole group of people is willing to be there when I'm not. It's just like that's that on just them. has to be a reality. It's on them. It can no longer be on us because otherwise, it's never going to change. It just that's how it's it's how it's got to shift. Wow, Rich. Good thoughts. That's something to think about. Yeah. I'm going to think about that. (laughs) I think that we just rationalize this. I think we all do it. Yeah. Managers are, and people buy in to that culture because it's, it's, it's just like, it's the air we breathe. Yeah. And that's why it's so easy for us to say, oh, there's no way to change it. But Mm -hmm. really, 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 it's just hard to change it for ourselves personally. Now there might be some personal costs to making those kind of decisions and, and there's definitely a little faith involved. Like we have to just trust that there's going to be enough within my scheduled hours. Or, hey, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. I'm going to make the opportunity exist within that time frame. I'm going to agree. I'm going to create different. You just have to do things differently. By forcing yourself, Mike talks about this in his in his uh, in this stuff. Um, this this the like I don't know the guy's name. Um, Parkinson's like Parkinson's law or Parkinson's rule or something like that. He is the guy who's famous for, I think, discovering naming Parkinson's disease, but this okay. isn't that just as like a, as a general sort of principle of, of the universe. Um, it goes something like work expands to fill the time allowed for it. Right. So if you have less time for something, this is how budgeting works. If you have less time for something, then you're going to do it. Well, this is how deadlines work. If you have less time for something, you're going to do it in the time allotted. You know, right. um, to borrow Mike's example, he's like, if you have all semester to write an essay, it takes you all semester to write an essay. Right. But if you leave it till the last minute, it takes you four hours to write an essay. Right. You know what right. I mean? Right. And that lo- that's an extreme example, but it kind of that was me every semester. So so true. Right. I was like, that's a great example. That is the way our work can work, but in order to fit. It into a certain time frame that's a little more limited. We just have to be entrepreneurial about it. We got to think differently and, mm-hmm. and create different channels for people to to work within. And we have to either find other ways to create more opportunity to make up for that the difference, like whatever is quote unquote lost, or we just got to be satisfied with less, hmm. if possible. Yeah. Just like a download. It's just like yes, <laughs> rich. All right, that's oh, enough of man. that. I gotta go. It's eight thirty-four. Go. I gotta be on the car in ten, six minutes <laughs> on the road. That that was that was a good hot take at the end. <sighs> Look, dude, I don't know what I'm talking about. All right, no, you do. <laughs> you do know it. Like you well, are. I don't know how to do it. Implementing but those, like, but like you're in the middle of implementing together. those things right now. So it's 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 definitely. I can sense the like passion. <laughs> From your voice, because you're like in the middle of it right now, and you're actively, yeah, it is, and you're trying to actively, you know, put those things in play. And Christine's gonna listen to this, and she's gonna be all, "All right, dude, (laughs) time to time to put (laughs) your money where your mouth is." Yeah, I was just gonna say that, and hopefully this resonates with our audience too, because someone out there listening is probably in a similar situation in their business or their creative pursuit. That we are. Yeah. You know? Do less, guys. Yeah. Do less. <laughs> 85% is greater than 100. So true. Yeah. I think the most, yeah. So that's like the takeaway from here. I'm actually just going to read the last, I literally quoted it and we can wrap with this unless you have anything else to No, I'm good. Say. Um, this is a direct quote from the, uh, 
from the thing. And look, we can talk more about this. I imagine we will. <laughs> okay. Um, the Is whole, a direct quote from Greg McCune? Yeah, from the article. It, it's the last quote of the article. And I kind of walked away from the article thinking to myself, it really is all about the management and it really is like we got to give people permission to work optimally and not maximally. Like we don't need 100% from you. We need you to give like, how's 85%? We need you to give 85% and and, and that's all we need from you because you're going to give us, you're going to give us, you're going to give us 100% of 85% rather than, 50% 50% of 100%. Right. That's how the math works on this one. All right, this is the quote. The 85% rule may seem counterintuitive. However, in the in this time of ongoing, persistent burnout, it has the power of relevancy. As Dr. Stephen Elardi, a psychologist at the University of Kansas, has written, another quote within a quote, human beings were never designed for the poorly nourished, sedentary, indoor, sleep-deprived, socially isolated, frenzied pace of 21st century life. Dang. You heard it here first. Yeah, I like it. We'll catch you next time. Wow. Later. Later.